Welcome to our podcast. This is Explore the PNW. Join us on our adventures of the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm your host, Joel. And this is Debbie. start to a podcast. Did we get your attention? That was Debbie dropping her phone. Hey, this is Joel and Debbie. Oops, I cut you off. This is Debbie. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, Hey, so we are back again. And today we're going to discuss a hike that we went on yesterday. It's kind of a hike slash tried to snowshoe, but the snow is too firm. So we'll call it a snow hike, I guess. Yeah, and that takes a little bit different gear than traditional snowshoeing, but also takes different gear than just regular hiking. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll touch on that near the end. Um, so we went here again in Spokane to an area called the Dishman Hills Natural Area. That's not a mouthful or anything, huh? I think most of the people here call it like just Dishman, maybe. Um, so to start... The we put the directions in the phone, the iPhone. How did that go, Deb? The way a lot of our hikes start, which is the iPhone taking us to random places that don't really lead to the trailhead. Yeah, sometimes they'll lead you to like the general vicinity, but like this one was took you basically to this private property road, dead end. Like technically, I guess if you'd stopped your car and went cross country, you would reach the Dishman natural area. But yeah. And then it was trying to redirect us. I think there's, there's, I know there's another uh, parking lot to get into this one, but it's so far from our house. So if you're going up here and you live in like the South Hill area, which is where we are at, um, you literally just go out um, 36, 38th, whatever the main road is. Yeah. Follow it due east. You're going to take like maybe a couple, two turns. And I want to say it's like Thiesman, Thiesman Road or something like that. There's no sign. But if you take a left on that road, it'll take you right to the parking lot. It dead ends right there. So again, just uh, I get super frustrated sometimes with the iPhone and it's lack of good directions. Yeah. So, but we did get there. I'd been there before. I've gone mountain biking there a couple times um, in the summer. It was freaking awesome. Um, starts out with a nasty climb, short, and then a phenomenal downhill section. And then you get to the other parking lot and turn around and come back. Um, but we went uh, just, we again, we took our snowshoes because there's been quite a bit of snow. But when we got there, we actually ran into a couple women who were like, the snow's not deep enough for snowshoes. Yeah. They were coming back to their car to switch off of their snowshoes into their yak tracks. But I don't know if everybody knows what yak tracks are, but they are awesome when it's just that in between it, there's some snow, but there's not enough for snowshoeing. So yeah, maybe some ice, but not enough for snowshoes. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of, I look at them as, um, Almost like snow chains for your shoes. Yeah. 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 And they come in different styles. So, you know, like some snow chains are just those cables. And typically if you use those on your car, 
Those are the ones that fly off and you find them on the side of the road all the time going to the mountain. And then they have ones that are beefier that are, you know, they have spikes, you know, so they're almost yeah. like a cramp on light. Um, the biggest difference in or challenge in those is the ones with the spikes. If the snow is wet, like it was yesterday, they, how do I put this politely? You get a, a, a snowball on the bottom of your foot. Yeah, a huge snowball on the bottom of your foot. It sucks. Right. I mean, if we're going to be honest, it's horrible. You're better off to not wear them and slide than be kicking the snowball off the bottom of your foot every 14 steps. Yeah, I think it it's all dependent on the snow. And so I think yeah. it's good that we have, you know, the more traditional yak tracks that are kind of just spirals, I guess, kind of thing. And then the other ones, if the snow is, or if there's a little bit more ice, the, the crampon like ones are really great for ice. Like, especially if you're doing something in the gorge, I thought those have worked really, really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it's, if it's icy, they're great because they really grip well, but if it's soft snow or even like, you know, kind of soft slushy kind of snow, mm-hmm. that's when they're not awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we went with our yak tracks. Yak tracks. The ones that are kind of more um, like the ones that fly off your car. And they were amazing. Yeah. Like great traction. Didn't think about sliding. The trail that we did is a loop. Do you remember what the name of the trail was? I want to say it was Rose something, but I can't remember what the name, the other name of it is. Yeah. Brush or something like that or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you can Google it. Um, and then that, that was a loop. So we took that trail out, you know, and it kind of undulates, you know, especially in the snow where you kind of, you quickly realize differences in topography in the snow that if you were hiking it, when there wasn't any snow, you wouldn't even notice, you know, like if, if you walked the trail that we walked and it was just dirt, you'd probably be like, yeah, that was a super flat trail. Right. But in the snow, there's a couple spots where you kind of, you know, kind of looked at them and I'm like, I hope it's not slippery because it is, I'm going down. Yeah. And we took our poles, which you usually take our poles. Um, and that's really, that was really helpful, I think, because we didn't know, you know, if the snow was going to be deeper in some places or if there was going to be ice, it's just kind of a nice stabilizer. Yeah. Trekking poles are key. Mm-hmm. I remember like back in the day, show how old I am. I've got bad knees, so I've been using trekking poles forever. And literally, I remember like kids like looking at me and going like, "Why does he have his ski poles, Mom?" <laughs> so we've come a long way from yeah people wondering about ski poles to you know I would say like a a very large percentage of people probably use trekking poles anymore. Yeah, you know, takes that pressure off your knees, gives you some stability. You know, especially in the snow, I find like whether using your yak tracks or especially with snowshoes, because snowshoes, you're walking so, your stance is so weird because you're walking so wide. Yeah. So you don't hit your snowshoes together. That without trekking poles, I would not want to go snowshoeing without trekking poles personally. Yeah. yeah. But that could just be me too. But the hike was, was really fun. It was kind of windy. Oh, dude. When we got to the, the, to the trailhead. Well, we got to the trailhead and it was literally snow sideways, like kind of the sleet yeah. sideways wind howling. And we're just looking at each other like, 
mm, is this how stupid are we here? But like, hey, we're here, so let's go. And literally we parked the truck. Wind didn't really die down, but the snow stopped literally as soon as we got there. It was yeah. actually pretty cool. And um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, pleasant. Not any great views, I would say, you know, but a pretty trail, super, super close to town, you know, so not a bunch of effort, not a lot of driving to get there, you know, just like a super casual being out in the snow out in the woods. And not a lot of people. So that was really nice. Um, But it was, it was great to get outside. And even if it was for a short hike, it just feels good to be outside and kind of exploring some of the different places in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting, you know, moving from the Portland area where we know a lot of the trails. I mean, we've done a lot of hiking Um, and to go to areas, you know, now that we're in the Spokane area to areas where like every hike is a surprise because we don't know what to expect, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, kind of from that, like, it was an adventure is kind of a nice thing, even though this was a pretty short hike. The, the area that we did, we didn't do the full um, to the other parking lot and back because that's pretty long. And we'll probably do that another time. I think oh, we'll we definitely mountain bike it. Yeah. You'd yeah. Love it. Definitely. So sweet. Yeah. So multi-use trail, clearly, you know, so there's definitely going to be hikers in the, when it dries out, there are definitely be mountain bikers. And, you know, dogs. Yeah. Always my favorite thing. Yeah. So I, for I, those of you who are new to this, which, cause we're new to this, Deb definitely has a fear of dogs. I, I'm getting better the more hikes and mountain biking we do, but it is, uh, dogs off leash do not make me happy. Yeah. So, uh, there is a huge sign there at, at Dishman that says, you know, it's trying to be cute, little tongue in cheek where it says like it's from the or the dog's point of view. And it says something about like, I'm supposed to be on leash owner or something like that. You know, they're trying to be cute, but I've been there three or four times now and still tons of dogs off leash. What I thought was funny when we were hiking is how many of the owners had leashes that they were holding but the dogs were not actually connected to them whatsoever. Yeah. Hey, well, who knows? Maybe the dog halfway through the hike was like, just never mind that so, that sign. Just I went off the leash. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny though, you know, where it's mandatory leash use area, but maybe not so much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all good. The dogs that we did encounter were all super nice. Yeah. But it's like one of those things you never know, mm-hmm. you know, and then. If you hike with somebody who's sensitive to that, you know, then there's this heightened awareness of, oh my God, there's a dog up the trail. Yeah. Well, is it on leash? No, it's off leash. Yeah. Okay. So like, I'll go in front of you. We'll proceed <laughs> Which slowly. Which is usually what happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just uh, steps that we take, you know, but again, like if you're not supposed to have your dog off leash, not to be Karen or anything, but it's like, dude, like just follow the rules. Yeah. We're, we're, it's a shared use area. And if you're, you know, they could just shut it down and they could say like a lot of the national parks, you can't take your dog to a national park at all. Yeah. 
you know, yeah, so if true. you want to have that access and you want to be able to take your dog there, just like obey the rule. Well, and I've even had some people who maybe their dogs are off leash, but as soon as they see anybody, they call their dog back and put them on leash. And maybe that's kind of following the rules, but at least it's a, it's a comfort level for me. Who's very nervous about dogs to kind of feel like, okay, well, I know the dog's not going to come charging me really, which is really my fear is, is that the dog is going to charge me and, um, not as nervous about little dogs, but they can really grab my ankle. So. Oh dude, the Napoleon (laughs) dogs is real. Yeah. You know, I mean, they are tougher than they think. Yeah. So anyway, just a little side note that if you have a dog, like, you know, get a nice cute leash and just keep it on it. Yeah. You know, it's all being this together. So this is just the start of many hikes that we're going to be talking about. We have lots of different places that we want to go um, in, you know, Eastern Washington, in Central Washington, um, actually just a lot of different places. Idaho, we've been to Montana, did a couple of really cool things this last summer in Montana. We'll so be back. We'll, I freaking love Montana. Yeah. So we'll definitely be out there reporting some different hikes and stuff that we do. Um, but we just kind of want to get people out, introduce them to different places that they can visit um, and just learn how to hike and have fun. Yeah, indeed. It's all about those taking those little moments, mm-hmm. getting out of your house, getting out of your head, getting out into nature. It's a good thing. We thought this might be a nice time to start this because people do want to get out of their houses right now. Oh God, so badly. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, please. Right. Yeah. If you're still in that, like, I just want to chill at home, then you might, there might be some issues going on there. Yeah. Because I'm sick of my four walls. (laughs) Big, big way. Definitely. And that's why we also want to, you know, um, explore some of the food out there too. I'm, Excited actually to go to Wenatchee and Leavenworth and stuff and see what is out there for hikes, but I think they have pretty good food too. Yeah, better like like German wieners. Well, I I think there's more out there than that. Not in Leavenworth, dude. They're solid German food. Uh, well, it's they've, true. They have good pizza. We've been there before. Yeah, I they had a good pizza place. German pizza. Okay, I don't know where this is going. I don't know. I'm just saying. So anyway, just trying to, yeah, look at different places. Yeah, indeed. So awesome. But anyway, okay. Dishman nature area, something like that was definitely well worth it. Yeah. It good hike. It was fun. Um, you know, saw a ton of animal tracks up there. Not all of them were dogs. I mean, like we definitely saw some deer. I'm pretty sure I saw some fox tracks. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to tell you about our our next hike, next podcast. Yeah. So as a little teaser, beware of deer. Just say. Definitely. So scary. All right. Well, that's going to wrap this one up. So hopefully you enjoyed our little banter back and forth. And we'll look forward to chatting on the next podcast. Ciao.